the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4 and you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app you can get free on our site. Help yourself anytime you like. Forecast had a lot of rain earlier, pretty heavy at times, but that's kind of cleared out. Still cloudy in spots, but the sunshine has burst through in, in areas, so that's nice and should wrap up the day with that. Eventually down to 47 tonight on the cloudy side, breezy. Tomorrow starting off with plenty of sun, back to clouds by later in the day. Tomorrow's high 68. Um, Friday right through Monday supposed to be on the cloudy rainy side and temperature around 60 65 for a four-day stretch so get that ready for friday through monday as at least as it stands now phillies had a nice win last night six five over milwaukee it's two in a row over the brewers andrew mccutcheon who's had a rough year uh, had a couple of home runs how's that feel you know having the results um that i had today um you know couple homers uh you know it, it felt it felt good uh you know i wish i was able to get that run in and uh you know less than two outs the guy at third base uh so you know still more work to be done but um you know i, I look at the positives from today and i take those into the next game and the next game so uh yeah it's, it's feeling good to all the work that i've been putting in that i uh, start starting to translate on the field and um yeah i just gotta gotta keep that going on a side note, my understanding is Andrew is a believer, but Cutchin, I'd love to have him on the program. Hopefully we can work that out sometime. Uh, it's a little different now. I used to go down and cover the Phillies in person, and uh, so it's not as easy to kind of get to know a player and and uh, eventually have him pop on the show. But hopefully that can happen at some point. Another guy who fits that description, actually, who I did give my uh, station card to two seasons ago before everything shut down is uh, Aaron Nola, who started last night. And uh, did well. Had a tough first inning and then came around and lasted six innings and got the win. He's 3-1 and one on the year. And he talked about how he felt he did last night. Yeah, it was a battle. I think first inning it was obviously long. I feel like I hadn't thrown that many pitches in a while in the first. A couple walks, a couple hits, a lot of foul balls, it felt like. But I think the main key for me was getting the leadoff guy out the rest of the, the, rest of the game. Six inning was a grind, too. But glad Joe got me out there to finish that, that inning. Phillies starting pitcher Aaron Nola also asked about a lot of the fact their games have been close. I think like half of their games this year, it's a very high percentage, been decided by just a single run. Yeah, I keep it interesting. <laughs> no, it's a uh, yeah, that's how, that's how they've been working out. It's baseball, man. It's you know obviously those games are stressful. Uh, one run games are always stressful, but. You know, they're also fun uh, in the moment as well. I feel like one-run games, you know, can make or break a team. 
And uh, I think the, the ones we win are huge, man. They're really huge. And I think it's a big momentum shift for us, especially going into tomorrow. I think the Phillies have won uh, nine out of 15, eight or nine out of the, you know, the, ma- the majority, not all, but they have won more than they've lost in terms of those close games. So good for them. Uh, one other player on the Zoom call last night was Sam Coonrod, who closed the game out. He came over from the Giants, I believe. And you may know his name because uh, during the whole uh, when Black Lives Matter was at its peak, perhaps, in terms of really heavy conversation last summer, um, not that he was against uh, you know racial unity or anything like that, but he was the only Giants player not to kneel during during uh, you know when when that was happening a lot at ball games, and turns out he was traded. And uh, the people in uh, San Fran, the management said, said nothing to do with that. It's a baseball decision, so you take them at their word for it. But uh, he he said, "My Christian faith, the only ne- person I kneel for is Jesus." And at the end of the conversation last night, where he came in, closed out the game, did very well. He actually closed off his comments a little bit along those lines. Here's uh, Sam Coonrod, Phillies relief pitcher, on getting a save opportunity. Just the fact that he's in Philadelphia now. I mean, it feels great when teammates pick other teammates up. It always feels good. I just just so thankful for Phillies front office, coaching staff, clubhouse workers, uh, all those guys for wanting me, bringing me over here. I'd like to thank Kinsler for helping me out all the time. And uh, most of all, I just like to thank Jesus Christ for giving me my ability, my talent. Nothing I have is really for myself. It's all been given to me, and I'm just so thankful to be here. I love being on this team, love being around these guys, and I'm so happy to be here. That's Sam Coonrod, the uh, Phillies relief pitcher who closed out last night's game. They play again this evening against Milwaukee at 7.05. Looks like a nice night for a ball game. Flyers lost to Pittsburgh 7-3. Sixers at Houston tonight at 8. Victoria, how you doing today? Doing all right? Well, doing well on this rainy uh, Wednesday. Well, it's turning sunny now, you know. I just poked my head out the window. I was like, well, this is pretty pretty lovely. You get these days where it's bright, and then all of a sudden it's cloudy and pouring, and then it's bright. So I am so working. I'm hardworking in my office, and I don't even notice <laughs> if the weather changed outside. But when I got in here, it was pouring. Well, that's dedication. Yes, you're correct about that. I know, I know that that was earlier this afternoon. Uh, today, we're excited because we have a couple of special guests, our own Mary Campbell, who has been an account executive here, and uh, but much more than that, really, everybody calls her mom, uh, has been very much involved with the National Day of Prayer for years, and uh, just sent her a text, and she said she'd be glad to come on and chat for a few minutes. Tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. It's been around for many years, and she has been involved on, specifically in the, in the region and in Philadelphia. So I just want to get her perspective. The theme changes each year. The you know, prayer is central to it, but Mary's going to just share a few thoughts about the National Day of Prayer and give you a little heads up so that if you want to participate, there are different options for you, uh, you know, throughout the course of the day tomorrow. So she'll join us. And then a gentleman named David Daliden, uh, Daliden, I'm sorry, I think that's how you say his name, Daliden, he's founder and chief executive of the Center for Medical Progress. And this is a, a pretty sensitive topic having to do with abortion and some of the stuff happening apparently at the University of Pittsburgh, not not new, things have apparently have happened there for a lot of years, but some pretty serious stuff. And he was testifying in court yesterday about that. So we're going to get his uh, take on that and uh, get some insight into some current events, which we like a lot as well. And we'll probably do some giveaways along the way. So there's a lot to take care of this hour. Thank you for listening in. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. 
You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's time for us to do something. It's time for us to do something. AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. That's Matthew West, one of many songs he's had over the years. Do something, which brings to mind a current partnership we have going with Bible League. Open the floodgates, Bibles for Africa. The goal is to provide 2,200 Bibles this month to believers in Africa who don't have their own copy of the Word of God. I love this. It's super simple. Where would you be if you didn't have a Bible to read yourself? And that's what you're providing for someone else. And the cost is super affordable, 5 bucks. And it'll be in the recipient's own language. This is like a no-brainer across the board. Each Bible, $5, whatever you can do, maybe one. Some people have done many more than that in the past. We have worked with Bible League off and on for years. We love doing this. And our goal, which is on our homepage, 2,200 Bibles this month. I actually think we can go way beyond that. But 2,200 is what we have committed to. And I'm not sure if the update's up there yet. We got an update now. We're at 97 so far in the early stages of the month, which is great. Almost the first 100 of those 2,200 done. Want to help? It's simple. 800-YES-WORD. Or as Matthew West said in his song, if you want to do something, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-937-9673. Or right through the homepage at WFIL.com. Thank you for your consideration on that and for the opportunity to be a blessing in that way. One of the best gifts you could ever give anybody. Uh, On the topic of Matthew West, by the way, we had him on the program yesterday. It was so much fun. He's just, uh, he loves the Lord a lot. It's very clear. He's also just a fun person to talk to. The reason we had him on first and foremost has to do with the fact he has the Matthew West Presents West Friends Fest happening this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a live stream event, and you can win a live stream by midnight tonight. It's when you get entered. So if you haven't entered yet, get entered. WFIL.com by midnight tonight for that. Or you can simply buy a stream, and that's fine too. And you can do that right through the weekend. There are five different concert uh, opportunities from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Matthew West was on the program yesterday, late in the show, and talked to, you know, how did this whole idea of doing Matthew West Presents West Friends Fest come about? You know, the whole idea for this event came from really just kind of being sick and tired of, being separated from everybody for so long and you know i haven't been able to see so many of my fellow artists and normally we get to meet up on on the road and at festivals and conferences and things like that and we just haven't been able to do that so a lot of these artists you know i write songs with a lot of artists for their rock records and stuff like that and the closest we've come to each other is the occasional zoom call songwriting session so when things started to kind of clear back up again um, we decided to, to do a virtual concert unlike anything we'd ever done before, and that was to invite everybody over to my studio. My studio is called The Story House, and, um, and so I invited all these friends over to The Story House to, uh, to do a concert unlike anything we've done this past year. We've been doing these virtual concerts throughout the last year, and it's been so awesome just seeing people from around the country and around the world join us and it's a really neat way to stay connected and keep encouraging people. Just a powerful night of music and ministry and laughter. And so uh, I invited a bunch of friends over, and uh, 
people who tune in for the show are gonna are gonna get a real treat. Every performance is is a performance that's never been done before, uh, different collaborations, and it's going to be a blast. That's singer-songwriter Matthew West on the program just yesterday. Again, the concert dates for that is coming Friday, May 7th, Saturday, May 8th, and Sunday, May 9th. He mentioned collaborating. He has uh, written over 130 songs, um, like credits. Like he's in other people's songs all over the place. In addition to his own music, he has a new album out called Brand New, and uh, I want to play a song for you from that that I played at the tail end of yesterday's show. Just a very powerful song. But just else to give you a little more insight into uh, into this event this coming weekend, here's a little bit more of our conversation with Matthew West yesterday. So I'm in the show from top to bottom, and I just invite different artists to join me uh, and my band in the studio. And they hop in, and a lot of times we'll do, like, one of their songs together as a duet, and then they'll join me on one of my songs. And so... It's super cool to see it, like, come together. We just had a blast, like, singing and playing on each other's songs. And, you know, you're going to get to hear, like, uh, you know, um, it's all different types of things, too. So, like, uh, my friend Carly Pierce, who's a big country star, she just won an ACM award. Uh, She joins me, and we sing one of her songs that was a big country hit. And then she sings Truth Be Told with me. And then, you know, groups like Kane, who just had a big number one song in Christian music and... Micah Tyler and Austin French. I mean, the list is long. There's like 10 different artists. Even my friend Annie F. Downs, who's a, an amazing author and speaker and podcast host, she joins for some encouragement. It's just really cool. It's just the whole show came together in such a neat way. So we're really excited. It's a great way, too, for like, you know, it's, it, it's taking place Mother's Day weekend. Right. And, you know, a lot of people still can't like gather together like they would hope to and, uh, you know, people are still getting back to traveling and stuff like that. But this is a great way to kind of hang out with, you know, get a gift for your mom and, and join together. And we wanted to make tickets super affordable so that, you know, you gather around your TV and hang out. And uh, there's a lot of really cool things about it. We had last virtual concert, we had families from Philadelphia and families from Japan all watching at the same time. And mm. it was just so cool to see how you know, even in a difficult time, we're all able to still find ways to connect and most importantly, to connect to the heart of God. And that's really what these events are all about, like helping to encourage people during difficult times. And, you know, music can do that, but most importantly, Christ-centered music. And I know you know all about that because that's the ministry that you guys and that we're in together. Matthew West on the show yesterday. Let me uh, give this song a quick spin for you. We do have a couple of special guests also going to join us on the program the rest of the hour. But this song is called The God Who Stays. It's on Matthew West's latest album, Brand New. The video for this, very powerful, and it has to do with a woman who, I don't know if this is the, the story that inspired the song, but it's um, the concept of what's in the video could apply to any struggles we have in life. And it's about a mom who's apparently dealing with some sort of addiction, uh, I believe alcohol, and her child has, is, is taken away. And then, uh, I'll spoil it for you now, but it, it's... You can watch it. It really won't be spoiled when you see it. Uh, But by the end of the video, things have shifted back in the positive direction. Let's just leave it that way. It's very powerful. And uh, and it could be, I think, inspirational and encouraging to anybody who's struggled with something or maybe for a lot of years and even at great cost. Maybe you've lost something because of something you've done, foolish decisions or or some sort of challenges you've had and you didn't make very good decisions. Uh, There's still time. And, And the bigger message, I think, of the song is, Again, it's called The God Who Stays. 
that God doesn't abandon you because you've messed up uh, once or twice or 50 times or whatever. God doesn't abandon you. So let this uh, song sink in. This is Matthew West, The God Who Stays. Tim DeMarcio on WFIM. And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays AM 560, WFIL.com on the app, The God Who Stays. It's Matthew West. Something tells me that'll be something he does this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as part of the West Friends Fest that he is presenting. Matthew West presents West Friends Fest. Say that three times fast. If you want to win a live stream to that, you have till midnight tonight to get entered. We have a number of those we're going to hand out. If you don't win, you want to wait to see if you do, you can certainly purchase one as well. And that goes for any of the five different showings, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So a lot of options there. Again, the event itself, Matthew West presents West Friends Fest. He's hosting it, playing throughout, and has a bunch of special guests who will be joining him. uh, Live from the Story House in Nashville, Tennessee, this Friday the 7th through Sunday, the 9th on Mother's Day. By the way, for Mother's Day, we do have $1,000 for giving away. You've heard about that, the Mother's Day dough. That's the unofficial title. I call it that. Mother's Day dough. $1,000 you give to mom on top of whatever else you're going to do for mom. Or perhaps if your mom is already going on to glory, you want to win that money, you could do something in her honor. I'm sure there are a lot of different ways you could put that to use. Enter uh, for that through Mother's Day at WFIL.com. Even on Mother's Day, you could be entering to win. All right. All right. I think that's pretty good. Quick break. We have a very special lady going to be joining us in just a moment. Chatting about the National Day of Prayer, which is tomorrow. We also have another special guest going to join us in the back end of the hour, a gentleman named David Delayden. He's the founder and chief executive for the Center for Medical Progress. There's a pretty big thing going on at the University of Pitt. There was a court case about it yesterday. We'll talk with him about that, too. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 432 on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thanks for listening in. You can grab the app free, by the way, from our site, WFIL.com. Some sun and clouds uh, rounding out the rest of the afternoon. Down to 47 eventually tonight. Starting off with sun tomorrow. Some clouds later in the day. Tomorrow's high 68. And it's a quick, really, it looks like uh, Friday right through Monday. Supposed to be on the overcast side. Rain off and on. And temperature each day between 60 and 65. So, plan accordingly. Bills had a nice win last night. 6-5 over Milwaukee. Andrew McCutcheon, a couple of home runs. Aaron Nola got the win on the mound. Sam Coonrod got the save. They play again tonight at 7-05. Flyers lost 7-3 to Pittsburgh. They're at Washington Friday night at 7. And the Sixers at Houston tonight at 8. We are bringing aboard a very good friend. Uh, not just a friend, really. I mean, much more than a friend, but certainly a friend. For starters, Mary Campbell on the line. Hi, Mary. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much. <laughs> so glad to have you on today. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, isn't it neat that the Lord is giving a, a beautiful weather day before the rain starts on Friday? I'll say. Oh, it is so special. He's working many miracles when it comes to what is our plans for tomorrow. Well, the National Day of Prayer is is tomorrow, and I definitely wanted to have yes. you on for a little bit. Just whatever direction you'd like to take it to, to let people know, because if they have a little bit of notice now, maybe they've heard about it, but, oh, it's tomorrow. So what are yeah. some, some options or some thoughts that you would like to share with listeners in terms of how they could take advantage of the National Day of Prayer? Well, first of all, it's our seventh observance. 
70 times they, we have had an observance like this. Wow. And uh, I'm just so excited that when I was called that in Philadelphia, this is our 29th. And uh, we have always had our event outside, except uh, whenever, once when it uh, was pouring rain and we couldn't put up the stage. But I would like for people to get our email address, and I mean the web address, and go on site and find the event and what is going on in their region. Because there are some things going on tonight in some of the capitals. And I know at... Uh, our capital in Harrisburg and in Trenton, they're having their events tonight because tomorrow the Senate and everything closes down. Yeah. And then this year in all the capitals on the National Day of Prayer, which is tomorrow, they're bringing a Native American to their event at the state capitol and uh, apologizing for the bad treatments that uh, we Americans have given them. And uh, so that is something special that we're doing this year. We're real excited about that. Wow. Mary Campbell is our guest. And she, as you have a lot of different titles, including mom, that people simply call you. <laughs> right. But, but. Yes, what, what, that's right. <laughs> so when it comes to the National Day of Prayer, um, specifically, though, you've worked very hard for, for decades in the, in this region. Yeah. Uh, what is yeah. your, what is your role? You still going strong with that? What is your role with the, with the national day of prayer in the greater Philadelphia area? Yes, I am. And, uh, all of Eastern Pennsylvania is my jurisdiction. And, you know, I'm 90 years old. I was 90 on January the 4th. And I thought that, you know, the Lord is, has given me a lot of people that I'm training and I'm bringing alongside me that can take over any day of what I'm doing. But he says, no, you're not to quit until I tell you. So I'm just being obedient and staying here. And he's equipping me and he surrounded me with, oh, a team of people that sometimes I'm in tears because they help me so much. They hold up both my arms and my great-grandson just left here, and he packed my cars for everything that I need to take down to my event tomorrow. And I'm just so excited that he's using me this way. Amen. It's a blessing to Amen. be in the family of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mary, I don't know if you have it in front of you. They're probably different. I could be wrong, but different sites that people could tap into. Or is there one main site that people should start with with National Day of Prayer and then go from there? You know, or if you yeah, have... if they want to start tonight, they could go to those two capitals I mentioned. Okay. Harrisburg and Trenton are having their events tonight. And then uh, there's so many events. There's a big event that is going on in, in Quakertown. There's one going on in Delaware County. They can go to their website, National Day of Prayer, Delaware County. And then, of course, ours here in Philadelphia. Our theme this year is Love, Life, and Liberty. And we are going to be right across the street from the Liberty Bell, which we is a, a site that the Lord gave us, you know, 30 years ago that that's where we should have it. And to think of the theme this year, you know, with that scripture, you know, the spirit of the Lord is with us. And where the spirit is, there is love and there is liberty. Love, life, and liberty just fits us. We're so glad that we're going to be outside and we're going to be looking right into the Liberty Bell we're going to be thanking God that we can be outside this year because last year we had to be in like most people and did it, you know, online. So we're thrilled and excited. We can't wait to meet each other. 
And uh, but we have everything sanitized. We even have a, a cover for each uh, individual covers for the mic. We have gloves. We have wipes. We have all kinds of things that people would need if uh, they're afraid of coming out and catching a germ. They can come out or they can bring whatever else they want. And uh, we always have some water and snacks so that they don't pass out because ours is a long event. We have a praise and worship from 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 to 11. And we shake off everything that that may be bothering us at home or at work or Mm. with our children or with our finances or whatever so that we can get into it. And when we go up on the stage, it is a prayer alert. We are there to watch and pray. And we believe that tomorrow we're praying for revival to break out because we are throughout this whole country and many other countries are joining us are praying for our nation. Our nation needs prayer. We're praying for the government and all the other seven mountains, uh, six mountains. And uh, we are asking God to just have mercy on us knowing that he has, so we're coming first with thanksgiving, and we're asking, thanking God for keeping us alive, because when we read in that 91st Psalm that uh, 10,000 will fall at your side, and, you know, but they will not come near us, and we're watching that, that thousands are dying, are falling dead, and we're still here, and I don't believe that he left us here just to live on the far beds of these. I believe he intends for us to carry on his kingdom. And that's what we're going to be about tomorrow with the National Day of Prayer. Amen. Amen. Mary Campbell is so well-spoken. Mary has worked at the radio station for many, many years and similarly very important both in and out of the building. I will tell you, Mary has come to me multiple times and uh, pulled me aside to pray over me and the work that we do here. And I'm not the only one. I'm sure that that's happened to over the years. So Mary's not just a... Uh, you know, throw up some information. Hey, go do that. This is what she lives and breathes. And, uh, you know, we've heard the phrase, perhaps prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle uh, in many respects. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and that verse you yeah. mentioned, second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit is, of the Lord is, there is Liberty. Um, tomorrow, Mary, if, if folks are going to do the Philadelphia aspect of it, you said starts at 10, as far as the worship service and how long is the, the, the program go? If you uh, will. The wor- the worship service goes on till 11, and then we start a concert of prayer at 11 o'clock, and that goes on till maybe 1.30. And then, of course, at the end, we have an altar call, you know, where people give testimony about their life in Christ, and ask, and then we, we, of course, give people the opportunity to join our army. And uh, so we can, they can come any of those times. They can come if they can come just on a lunch hour. They can leave. We have free parking. They can stop past the site, and I'll give them a parking sign and tell them where they can go and park their car if they want to. Like I say, we've, we've made it as convenient as we can for them. Amen. And uh, so just please take a time, no matter where you are, if you're at home with your family, stop and pray for this country. I, I just believe that with all of us praying, there'll be hundreds of thousands of us across this world praying for this nation, because this nation is is just a, a leader in the world, and people follow us. So we're, join us tomorrow in prayer, wherever you are. Let's thank do it. you. Amen. Amen. Mary, thank you for taking time and for that uh, you know very great word of exhortation for folks, even as you pointed out, even if they can't break away from work, even they just right where they are. 
to pray. Uh, you know, there's so many messages flying around. And there's, you, know, you hear about divisiveness in the country. Not everybody's experiencing that, but there, it's clear that that's happened. And uh, this is a very practical way, rather than regurgitate one more time about, we're so divided. Quiet. <laughs> just, just pray. <laughs> Pray, because there's somebody yes, above all of amen. that, right, who can do something. And they can go to www.nationaldayofprayer.org uh, and find some events that are going on in the evening as well. They can they can go to that site, and at 8 o'clock, there's going to be a national event going on. But there's some local churches, like uh, in our area, that are having uh, their observance at night. So if they go to that site, they can find an event. And uh, they can put in the zip code or the city of the state, and it will lead them to what people from all the way in Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, wherever. And if it's one near them, they can attend. If not, they'll join with them as they're praying. I love it. And that site again, uh, Mary, was just nationaldayofprayer.org? Yeah, nationaldayofprayer.org. Okay. Very good. Spell the whole thing out. (laughs) Spell the whole thing out. It's worth it. (laughs) Nationaldayofprayer.org. Mary, thank you so much. It's great to Emma, hear your voice. thank you, because I hear you on your program telling people to pray. And it's not, see, ours is not about a day. It's about a discipline. So we're praying night and day. We don't just stop with tomorrow. Tomorrow is our outside show to the world of what we have been doing the 364 days before this. Amen, Mary. If you were here, I'd give you a hug, okay. but you're not, so I'll... Save that for later. <laughs> All right. All right. I love you, and I thank you, and thank Victoria. Uh, absolutely. Will do. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Love you, too, Hope Mary. Hope you come on again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Mary Campbell, who's been with the radio station for many years, 90 years young, still going very strong, also working with the National Day of Prayer in this uh, region for years and years. The National Day of Prayer itself uh, it back was established by Congress in 1952, and in 1988, uh, the first Thursday in May, designated National Day of Prayer officially. So 70 years or so, as Mary is mentioning, a very powerful opportunity not to be taken for granted. We have a quick break. We'll come back. We have a special guest also going to be joining us about another topic, a serious topic, a topic of abortion and some things happening at Pitt University. Uh, David Daleiden is going to join us. He's founder and chief executive of the Center for Medical Progress. We'll be chatting with him a little bit. Coming up here in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for spending the afternoon with us. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 447 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Now, if you tune into this program, you are, if you have, I should say, for any length of time, you're well aware that we have a pretty wide range of guests. We have a wide range of things we do. Sometimes very fun, lighthearted. We give away gift cards all the time. Brenner Chevrolet and Jenkintown, our sponsor, makes that possible. We'll have Trivia Thursday. We'll do Moldy Oldies Monday with Christian Classics. We'll have guests on from all walks of life. And uh, today we have a special guest on and a pretty heavy topic, but a, a topic that needs to be discussed. David uh, Delighton, am I saying it correctly, David? Yeah, that's correct. Delighton, I got it. How are you? Thank you for taking time to join us. I'm I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Overall, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've had some folks uh, that you're connected with. Uh, Dan Barkowiak with Pennsylvania Family Institute has joined us, and we love having people on periodically. Can just help us understand what's going on, current events wise, culture wise, and uh, you're founder and chief executive of the Center for Medical Progress. 
And I just wanted to introduce you or let you introduce yourself a little bit first for a second, just to share about what the Center for Medical Progress is and, uh, you know, what it's about, what led you to form it. Definitely. So um, some of your listeners might remember um, from several years back the undercover videos that showed Planned Parenthood leadership engaged in the harvesting and sale of body parts from late-term abortions. This was something that was really big news in 2015 and 2016. There were, uh, there were a couple of really uh, comprehensive congressional investigations that were launched um, due to Planned Parenthood's extreme federal funding and the extreme uh, taxpayer funding from, from government offices like the NIH that are involved in the fetal experimentation and fetal trafficking space. Um, two of Planned Parenthood's business partners, oldest business partners in the, um, in the harvesting and sale of baby body parts, they were actually shut down because of our reporting in a $7.8 million settlement in Southern California, they admitted guilt for illegally selling the body parts that Planned Parenthood was supplying to them in Southern California. And the local district attorney thanked my organization for our reporting uh, prompting that successful case. And we've learned since then, um, it was announced at the end of 2017 and and recently came up in some of the hearings with, with uh, Merrick Garland for Attorney General recently as well, that the FBI has still had an ongoing investigation of fetal tissue trafficking from abortions at Planned Parenthood and elsewhere um, since the criminal referrals from the congressional investigations. So, um, so CMP is a citizen journalism organization. We're really concerned about bioethical issues that impact human dignity, and we're especially concerned about the exploitation of the vulnerable in government-sponsored fetal experimentation programs because that is inherently placing these outside interests and, uh, and outside demand on a family or a woman or a couple's um, life-or-death decision about the pregnancy with an unborn child. Those are decisions that can never be taken back um, once a baby is aborted. And so, if that's done for any, and you know, if that's done for any kind of demand from an outside organization, whether it's for commercial purposes or experimental purposes or scientific purposes, that's really that's really a tragedy. And even one time is a is a horrific you know is, is, is a horrific thing. So that's why we're focused on fetal experimentation and fetal trafficking so much. There's not a whole lot of people who've been focusing on it. Um, it's still going on, sadly. Um, and with folks like Kamala Harris in the White House and Javier Becerra at the Health and Human Services Department, it threatens to only um, to only expand and, and only get bigger with even less safeguards um, and uh, and enforcement of the of the existing rules and and laws that exist for it. And sadly, even though the state of even though the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has a, a sort of a pro-life history and a pro-life reputation. A lot of your listeners probably remember the horrific case of Kermit Gosnell right sure. there in Philadelphia from 10 years ago. Yeah. And there is Gosnell-like activity going on on the other side of Pennsylvania as well over at the University of Pittsburgh. Pitt has been a major hub for some of the most barbaric practices in fetal experimentation for a long time. Um, just recently, the news broke um, a couple of months ago about scalping experiments that scientists at Pitt were doing with NIH money, where they were scalping five-month-old aborted babies to stitch the scalps onto lab rats and keep them growing. So my organization just put out a new video on Monday walking you through some of the most recent um, disturbing and barbaric fetal experiments that are taking place at the University of Pittsburgh. And, you know, maybe shockingly for some people, but not surprisingly for people like me who've been looking at this for a long time, there's mounting evidence about the deep and inextricable involvement that the local Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania, 
has with the fetal experimentation programs at the University of Pittsburgh. So we have a new video out. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel and our website, centerformedicalprogress.org, that walks you through that. Um, and I was asked to testify before the Pennsylvania House Health Committee uh, yesterday um, yeah. uh, remotely um, ab- about all these topics. Um, How'd that go? Uh, was... also sent a representative. Yeah. So the so the hearing, I think the hearing was very informative, um, except unfortunately for the you know for the approximately thirty minutes to forty five minutes that the that the representative from the University of Pittsburgh was was speaking. If what was going on in these programs with Pitt and Planned Parenthood were defensible, then Pitt could have sent a qualified representative to talk to lawmakers. But instead, they sent the new guy. They chose to send someone who's barely been on staff at Pitt for not even five months so far wow. uh, to talk about how wonderful their fetal experimentation is, even though he's not involved in it. He doesn't use fresh fetal tissue in his work, um, and he doesn't really have any and he, he doesn't have any personal knowledge or direct experience with it to share with lawmakers. Oh, so they sent him, right? <laughs> he can't say what he doesn't know, right, in a way. No, I mean— yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's very clear that you know this was a cover up, and he was like not even the fall guy. He was sort of like a like a human shield for the University of Pittsburgh. But I mean, they really wasted everybody's time for forty five minutes. A completely unqualified witness who wasn't able to answer. He admitted under oath that he couldn't answer basic questions that lawmakers had about the fetal experimentation and abortion programs at Pitt. So it's very clear that there's a lot that the University of Pittsburgh is hiding. There's a lot that they are afraid of admitting. The medical director of the local Planned Parenthood in Pittsburgh, who's the top abortion doctor at that Planned Parenthood, is also in charge of all the abortion training and all the abortion practice at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center um, and with the University of Pittsburgh medical students. She simultaneously is sitting on the Institutional Review Board at the University of Pitt, the vice chair of the IRB, which is responsible for reviewing all of the fetal experimentation studies at the university for regulatory and ethical compliance. So she has a supervising participation role in all of the fetal experimentation projects at Pitt, while at the same time she's in charge of all the abortions at Pitt, practically all the abortions in Pennsylvania between Planned Parenthood and the McGee Women's Hospital. And so there's, there's zero separation between the fetal research programs and the clinical abortion practice, and that is flagrantly in violation of the federal laws and guidelines for for fetal experimentation. So there's a lot of awful stuff going on at Pitt that they really don't want to own up to. They really don't want to admit. And that's why it's so important that public officials at every level in the Commonwealth need to take this very seriously and need to use all the oversight authority that's available to them in order to get the in order to get more transparency and more accountability yeah. for what's happening in Pittsburgh and elsewhere in Pennsylvania with fetal experimentation so that we don't wake up, you know, a, you know, a month from now or a year from now and find out that Kermit Gosnell like activity has been going on and in the same way that, you know, there were there were people, there were good people who knew what Kermit Gosnell was doing. And yet good people said nothing or did nothing, and he allowed to continue his shop of horrors for 17 years because nobody did anything. David DeLine, so. uh, our guest, uh, founder and chief executive of the Center for Medical Progress. Uh, we're out of time, and David, I, I think we just scratched the surface here. So maybe we can have a date on the calendar where we can you can dig in a little bit more and share more of these things so folks can get a better idea of and extrapolate, uh, you know, we, we'd love to have you back if that works for you sometime. Definitely. That, that would be great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And in the meantime, folks can check out the website, centerformedicalprogress.org. David Delayden, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. Quick break. We'll wrap up in just a second. WFIL. 
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. And thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.